Chapter forty nine of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. The Indian Massacre of sixty two. The Indians had been ugly from the first outbreak of the rebellion, and Commissioner Dole with Senator Wilkinson had come out to pacify them. The party passed through St. Cloud and had camped several miles west when in the night there came up one of those sudden storms peculiar to this land their tents were whisked away like autumn leaves and they left clinging to such productions of mother nature as were at hand well rooted in her bosom to avoid a witch's dance in the air but it grew worse when the rain had covered the level ground six inches deep in water and they must keep their heads above the surface they returned to st cloud in the morning in sorry plight and the delay was one of the injuries to the poor indians and counted as sufficient justification for the subsequent massacre the delay however saved their lives the messenger who aroused the people of st cloud in the small hours was travelling post after this dole commission for whose safety there was much anxiety but none for st cloud since the indians would not attack us while there were two companies of soldiers in town true they were unarmed but surely arms would be sent and their marching orders rescinded the outbreak was mysterious it was of course in the interests of the south and meant to prevent the troops leaving the state but why had not the tribes struck together the answer was that after the massacre had been arranged in council two sioux visited a white family in which they had often been entertained were drunk and could not resist the impulse to butcher their entertainers this precipitated the attack for so soon as the news reached the tribe they went to work to execute their bloody purpose johnson a converted chippewa hurried to inform us that his tribe with hole in the day in council had resolved to join the sioux and were to have made st cloud their base of operations but the sioux had broken out before the arms and ammunition came and these were hourly expecting on the same day a formal message came from hole in the day that commissioner dole must come to the reservation to confer with his young braves who would await his arrival ten days after which time their great chief declined to be responsible for them a runner arrived from fort abercrombie who had escaped by crawling through the grass and reported the fort besieged by a thousand savages and quite unprepared for defence there were several st cloud people in the fort and so far from expecting aid from it it must be relieved the garrison at fort ripley had not a man to spare for outside defence people began to pour into st cloud with tales of horror to freeze the blood and the worst reports were more than confirmed the victorious sioux had undisputed possession of the whole country west southwest and northwest of us up to within twelve miles of the city and had left few people to tell tales our troops spent their time teaching women and children the use of firearms and hoping for arms and orders to go to the relief of abercrombie there was no telegraph and the last mail left no alternative but to start for fort snelling with such short time to get there that every available man and horse must go to hurry them forward they left in the afternoon and that was a dreadful night many of the more timid women had gone east but of those that remained some paced the streets wringing their hands and sobbing out their fear and despair and sorrow 
for their husbands and brothers and sons taken from them at such a crisis when the troops left we thought there were no more men in st cloud but next morning found a dozen counting the boys who were organized to go out west to the rescue of settlers and still there were some guards and pickets and some who did nothing but find fault with everything anyone else did men and women spoke with stiffened lips and blanched faces families in the outskirts gathered to more central places and there were forty-two women and children in my house the night after the troops left and for every night for weeks we kept large kettles of boiling water as one means of defence i always had the watchword and often at midnight i would go out to see that the pickets were on duty and report to the women that all was well brother harry was appointed general of state troops succeeding general lowry and arms were sent to him for distribution while women kept muskets by them and practised daily the office of my democratic contemporary was closed and he fled to new england while his assistant went with my only male assistant to rescue settlers i had two young ladies in the office one a graduate of a new york high school and through all the excitement they kept at work as coolly as at any other time we got out the paper regularly and published many extras the history of the horrors and heroisms which reached us during the six weeks in which fort Abercrombie held out until relief came would make a volume and cannot be written here the unimaginable tortures and indecencies inflicted on brave men and good women are something for which the christian supporters and excusers of the sioux must yet account at the bar where sentimental sympathy with criminals is itself a crime and where the wail of tortured infants will not be hushed by reckoning of bad beef and a deficiency in beans while the sioux sat in council to determine that butchery some objected on the ground that such crimes would be punished but little crow leader of the war party quieted their fears by saying white man no like indian indian catch white man roast him kill him white man catch indian feed him give him blankets and on this assurance they acted one thing was clearly proved by that outbreak namely that services to and friendship for indians are the best means of incurring their revenge those families who had been on most intimate terms with them were those who were massacred first and with the greatest atrocities the more frequently they had eaten salt with a pale face the more insatiable was their desire for vengeance the missionaries were generally spared as the source through which they expected pardon and supplies the indian was much too cunning to kill the goose that laid the golden egg the tribe did not object to the conversion of individuals saying prayers does not interfere with their ideas of their own importance preachers do not labor with their hands and indians can join the clerical order to get religion without losing caste for labor to them is pollution two wagon loads of arms and ammunition en route for hole in the day were intercepted during the massacre and for want of them he was induced to keep quiet for being such a good indian he had a triumphal trip to washington at government expense got ten thousand dollars and a seventh wife End of chapter 49